Welcome to the Lighter Church Podcast, lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. The Lord is awesome, it's wonderful, he's glorious, he's powerful. He is here in our midst. Our God is here in the midst of his people. Let's clap for him as we welcome him more and more into this great service. The Lord is faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of the resurrected Christ, I welcome you to this glorious service. And I promise you, you are not going to live the same way you came. The Lord is meeting someone at the point of his or her needs today. And you are going home with loads of testimonies. Your burdens that you came into this church with will definitely leave you before the service is over. The Lord will lift all your burdens and heal your diseases and take away your pains and frustration. And you are coming back again next Sunday full of blessing, full of load of blessing, full of testimonies for what the Lord has done in this service. It shall speak and the world will hear it. The heavens will know it. And that we praise your God. Put your hands together for the great God that cares for us. Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen and amen. I'm happy to be standing before you this morning to bring the word. To bring the word from the throne of grace to you. To bring thus said the Lord. To bring a message that will change people's life. And I'm so convinced that the Holy Ghost is here to make the word happen. Using my voice as a tool, as an instrument for him. But he's the one speaking. And as he speaks to you, your life will never remain the same again. In the name of Jesus. I'd like us to turn our Bibles to the book of John chapter 11. John chapter number 11. It's you the rising. It's you the rising. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. At the center of it all, it's you the rising. It's you the rising. John eleven thirty eight to forty five. I want to read. John 11, 38 to 45. Are we there? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take you away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time, he stinketh, meaning there is absolutely no hope, for he had been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. 
were because of the people which stand by eyes said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me and when he thus had spoken he cried with a loud voice Lazarus comfort and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with napkin Jesus said unto them lose him and let him go then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him they believed on him. The message of today the Lord is bringing to us is actually hinged on the verse number 42 which simply said and I know that thou hearest me always and I know that thou hearest me always. That was the power and the confidence that made him to say what he said. And that power and confidence that backed up what he said could not allow the dead, even the four days old buried man, to remain in the grave. I know that you hear me all the time. Who was he talking to? He was talking to his father. I am so sure that whatever I want and I say to you, you do it. I know you hear me always. And because of these people, so that they will actually know that I have that relationship with you, I am just doing what I'm doing. But I am confident that there is nothing you can deny me of. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how impossible it is, no matter how late the situation might seem in the eyes of men, you still hear me. Because truly all powers belong to you. And I'm confident of this thing that when I speak concerning a situation, you do hear me. I brought a good news to somebody this morning. And the good news is simply that the Lord has answered your prayers. The good news is that what you have prayed to God for, he has answered. He has had you. He has taken care of the situation. So don't think it's late. It's not late. God is always never late. But right on time. He has had you. Jesus said, I know. You always hear me. The New Living Translation said, You always hear me. But I say it loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. How many of you were saved by your own blood? How many of you were saved by the blood of your father or the blood of your mother or the blood of your friend? How many of you were saved by the blood of ram or lamb or animals? The blood of booze? And how many of you were saved by the blood of Jesus? I didn't ask for it. I didn't negotiate it. 
but he shed his blood that I might have life and I have it more abundantly. And the Bible said that if he can do that, if the father can send his son to shed his blood that I might live and have this kind of life that I have right now, there is nothing that I will ask him, that him and that his father will not freely, the Bible said, do for me. What a confidence this morning I'm trying to impart in the life of people today. I didn't save myself. I didn't shed my blood. I didn't negotiate with him how he was going to take away my sins and my unrighteousness and how he's going to bring me into the kingdom that he has brought me and how he's going to prepare a place for me in heaven that I'm going to come after I have done exploit in the face of the earth. I didn't negotiate that, but that is my portion. And that is your portion. And that is the lot of them that believe in Christ. And that is the lot of them that are born again and are saved as you are even today. And so the Lord is mindful of every promise he has made and is so confident to say that whatsoever you ask, he will surely do it for you. And so when you also have that confidence that God hears you always, not because of your righteousness, not because of your religiosity, and not because of who you are, but who he is, a faithful God that answers the prayers of his saints. That he will not allow you to be defeated and frustrated by the enemy. It doesn't matter how long you have been in the trap of the enemy. That God is the one that has the final say. It doesn't matter how long Lazarus, the friend of Jesus, had been dead in the grave and buried. Jesus came to the tomb and said, God, I know you hear me always. There's nothing difficult. Before this man and women, it looks like it's impossible for Lazarus to rise up again. But with you and I, that we know how we communicate. It's not impossible for you. And I'm saying it so that they can understand and so that they can believe that you truly sent me. And I'm saying it that you can also believe and understand that he paid the price for your salvation and gave, and gave you entrance into the true room of grace to obtain mercy and to have answers to your prayers. Don't allow the enemy deceive you. God still answers prayers. Hallelujah. This is the greatest power that backs up our prayers to God. That is the greatest secret that backs up our prayers to God. And I want to emphasize it this morning so that you can know that God is not a liar. A lot of you has prayed, talked to God about certain issues and it seems not to be working and you are beginning to feel that God is partial or God is a liar or God doesn't have all the power to do what he says he will do or there's something wrong with your communication with God or something wrong with your prayer to God. Nothing absolutely. The power still belongs to God to answer your prayers. If he shed this blood just for you to be in his kingdom. It will not take him anything to grant you whatever thing you desire. And so he said this morning, he has answered your prayers. Yeah. Hallelujah. So this is the greatest secret of manifestation of answer prayers when we pray. If you have this understanding, if you have this understanding, you become a great carrier of the great power of God and the great manifestation of the promises of God upon your life. You can't live an ordinary life. But if this understanding is not there, your prayer is flat. Your prayer will be sounding like uh, sounding cymbals. The prayer does not make any meaning to God and it cannot produce results. When you are not confident that God hears you when you pray, Anything you do is religion. If God did not see it, 
in your heart that you believe that he answers your prayer and you are praying because you want to pray because somebody says you need to pray to fulfill all righteousness or because people are praying and you are praying concerning a thing and you don't believe in your heart that God answered the prayer the prayer is not going to be answered and there's nothing you can do about it because apparently you are praying amiss you are praying in the wrong frequency with God you are praying to God that walks and operate by faith and sees the faith of a man and sees the heart of a man and answer based on the faith and the heart of a man than what you say with your lips if what you're saying is not from the abundance of your heart, then of course what you're saying is just like repetition. It doesn't make any sense. And God is very watchful about it because, you know, we're not dealing with um, uh, a make-believe God. He's so principled and he's so straight to his principles and he watches out his word to perform it. He's looking at where people keys in into his word so that he can perform it. He can perform his word that he has promised. And once you are out of the frequency of God, there is nothing anybody can do about it. Let all the men of God lay hands upon you. It makes no difference because you are not ready to receive. You are not ready to receive from God. So if you are not sure that God hears your prayer, there is no need to pray. No need to pray at all because he will not get to God when you pray if you are not convinced that God answers your prayer there is no need to come to him just stay where you are believe what you want to believe and leave him alone to be God you know this is the assurance of your faith in the almighty God when you say to him I believe and I know you hear me when I pray and you say to yourself I know that God hears me when I pray I trust he hears me he answers me when I pray it doesn't matter what experience you have gone through you must try to tweak that experience to line up with this reality of today that once you begin to pray without faith the prayer is not going to be answered but once you pray with abundance of faith in your heart that God has answered you, then be ready to see the answer in a manner you never will understand. Because he does things the way he wants to do things. He manifests the answer to a prayer the way he wants to manifest the answer. He brings it in his time and not your time. And so that's why he's God over your life. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And that's why you are not the God. He is the God. And you are his people. And so he will want to remain God and not to come to your level. Your level of thought and your level of belief and your level of acceptance to him. He wants you to come up to the level where he operates and you will see his hand upon your life. James 5.15 says to us that is the prayer of faith that heals. James 5.15 That is the prayer of faith that heals. Look, that healing is not just to heal you from headache or to heal you from malaria fever or to heal you from cancer for example as big as that can be it's not just that the prayer of faith heals you from every affliction every challenge everything that comes in your life that is not supposed to be of God the prayer of faith delivers the prayer of faith set free the prayer of faith heals the prayer of faith promotes the prayer of faith is, you know distinguishes you 
What God hears is the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed sin, if he had committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. The prayer of faith is what heals. No wonder you've been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And you say you have gone to all prayer mountains and nothing seems to be happening. Have you ever prayed in faith? Do you actually believe that what you're praying will come to pass? Are you praying by formula? Are you praying by people's design? Are you praying by people's reputation? Is it from your heart? Are you saying to God your supplication or you are repeating something somebody has written down? How are you praying to your Abba Father? How are you communicating with your Abba Father? Are you communicating in Latin or communicating in Hebrew? Or communicating by recitation of somebody else's idea? The way he communicates with God? Or you are communicating with your Father as in your Father? There's a whole lot of difference between the prayer that comes from your heart. From an articulated prayer that comes from the heart of somebody that you want to bring and bring to your God. And God is saying, what do you want? How do you want it? What do you want me to do for you? Your case is different from that of the other man. How do you approach me? What are you talking to me about concerning yourself? Do you believe I can do it? How much you believe that God can answer prayer determine how much your prayers is answered. And I'm fast. And in fact, how fast too. James 1, 6-8 instruct us that when we ask God of anything, the Bible actually uses wisdom as an example. We should ask in faith. Anything at all that we are asking God for, whether it's, whether it's wisdom or child or marriage or money or deliverance from the hands of the enemy or deliverance from poverty or uh, whatever thing it is, promotion in life and anything at all in life, whatsoever you decide to pray about, you must pray in faith. That was an instruction, clear instruction. You must ask believing. You must ask in faith. There's a lot of missing gap between the prayer, prayerful Christians, prayerful in quote, or the praying Christian from the believing Christians that prays. <clears throat> a whole lot of difference between I am very prayerful. I am a very prayerful person than somebody who is a believer that prays. So much different. And so what you see in the praying Christian is all the facades, all the things, all the demonstrations. But the believing Christians don't, may not necessarily have all the demonstrations, but he so believes that once he prays, once I open my mouth to tell God something, my father, my Abba Father, my creator, the one that redeemed me through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, he hears me. And so the confidence level differs. And the situation that guides the prayer differs. 
But listen to me, friends. You must be believers that praise. The Bible said, but let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. That's verse 7. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Verse number 8, very serious verse. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. That means the man had prayed, but he prayed not believing. He prayed without faith. He prayed with a wavering heart. God said, let not that man that prayed ever, ever expect to receive anything because he did not pray according to my principles of prayers. So there are people that are praying and they are not actually receiving anything from what they prayed because they are not praying in the, in the frequency of God. Let not that man think he will receive anything, not, 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 not some things, anything, anything. As long as what you are praying is not faith-based, let not that man think that we will receive anything from the Lord. How are we praying, friends? Any prayer that is not made out in absolute faith in God is not capable of producing results. Let it keep hammering in your minds this morning. So you don't blame God. You don't blame God for not answering your prayers. Any prayer that is not centered on the fact that you believe that God can do it and God will do it and God has committed to doing it, then that prayer is nothing to God. That prayer is nothing. Whether you add fasting to it, and the fasting is not based on the fact that God can do it, then forget it. The fasting is just hunger strike. I don't know how many times you fasted about a thing. But if that fasting is not done by faith, then forget it. As a matter of fact, the word of God said that whatsoever that is not done of faith is a sin. Meaning that you can even be sinning by, by praying. If your prayer is not done by faith, you are committing sin to God because you're actually going to let the world know that, look, I've been praying, you know, I've been fasting and God is not answering me. Because you didn't want God to answer you because you believe in your heart that God may not answer you. That may is the challenge. That may is the challenge. And so it becomes a sin to you. The principle of effectual and fervent prayers to our God is that you pray because you believe that he will answer you. Faith-based prayer is an evidence that you know that this God, your God, is faithful and is powerful to take out your issues and give you results. God himself distinguished himself and pride himself as the God that answered prayers. He boasted in several scriptures that I answer prayers. I am the God that answers prayers. And in the book of Jeremiah 29, 12 to 13, Jeremiah 29, 12 to 13, the Bible said, Then shall you call upon me. Then shall you do what? Call upon me. Who is talking? 
God is saying, then shall you call upon me. <laughs> and you shall go and pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me. And find me. When you search for me with all your heart. Not wavering. Not having alternatives. You will seek me and you must find me. When you seek me with all your heart. When you search for me with all your heart. And so shall you go. And pray unto me. And call upon me. And I will hearken unto you. And so you begin to seek me without options and alternative. And I will grant the desires of your heart. And you will find me. First Peter chapter 3 verse 12. The Bible declares, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are upon, I mean are open unto their prayers. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. Who is among the righteous here? Our righteousness is by the justification and the blood of Jesus Christ not by our own righteousness. We have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus and so shall you and I call upon God and so his ears shall be open unto our prayers. Because he has justified us and made us righteous before him. We belong to him and he belongs to us. He is our father and we are his sons and daughters. And so he cannot withhold any good thing from any of us because we belong to him. The Bible continues by saying, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. You are not an evil though I believe. And so God is committed to your prayers. Hallelujah. This is the key to receiving all that you want in life. All that you desire in life that your natural ability cannot give you. You know you pray fervently to God for things you cannot do yourself. I cannot be standing here and say, God, please help me to go to my seat after administration and I'm praying about it. There is no room for such. There is no basis for that. I drove my car by the grace of God to this place. I will not be praying, God, please. I, he didn't show me any sign of anything. God, please, when I want to go home, let me start my car and start. I mean, what is the basis for that? There, there's no basis for that. I don't need to waste my time doing that. He gave his angel charge over me to be able to take me wherever I will go. So I believe in the principles of God's sustainability. And so I don't need to pray for something that I know he has given me the ability to do. And so we pray in our difficult situation. There are things that are bothering me as a person. And I pray about it. I say, God, please take this away. Lord, please address this issue for me. Because I can't do it by myself. I, I don't have an ability. To, I try whatever I could. I can't do it. And I say, God, I give up. I can't even do it by myself. I want you to do it for me. And that is why he is God all by himself. When you come to him in your weakness and say, God, there's nothing I can do. You know, you know me now. You know I've tried. I, I use all my intellect and wisdom. But this thing is really affecting me. God, my eyes are upon you. And then that becomes the reason for the prayer. But if I do that prayer and I don't believe he will do it for me, he said, what are you talking about? I said, my eyes are upon you. Are, you, my, are, are your eyes really upon me? 
Well, I don't know, but they say I should say it like that. That was what Jehoshaphat said. And so I have to say it like that. Probably do it for me. How will it react to you? You are not ready. But you are saying to God, the God that created the heavens and the earth, you are only my God. I don't know any other God but you. I have no help about you. And if you don't do this, and I'm going to ask you, nobody will do it for me. And Lord, I know you answer me always. And so I am bringing my supplication to you because I said that I should be mindful of nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto me. And so I am giving it to you and I trust you will answer me. And so once it's done like that, you lock up your brain and default that God has answered you and that settles it. One day you didn't see it, two days you don't see it, one month you don't see it, I don't care how, many, how long, but you are saying, God, I pray for you and I know you will do it because you have done it and I am waiting for the manifestation. Each time you are walking by faith, you have no room to doubt. And each time you do a prayer of faith, there is no situation that will make you doubt that God has answered your prayer. And God tests our faith all the time. Even with time. Even with time. And time is dangerous. Because by the time you do something right now, you want it to happen like, um, you know, microwave. And God doesn't walk that way. God does not walk that way. He walks in his own way and time. He knows when he does things. He makes things beautiful in his own timing. But just say it to him. And uh, switch off from everything that will happen around you after that. Because God is already committed. So, you speak to him and trust him. That is the key of receiving all that you want that your natural abilities cannot give you. That is our power to do the impossible and unimaginable. That's our power to climb the mountains and soar on the sky. That is the prayer of faith. The faith-based prayer is what opened the doors for the supernatural intervention of God. Once you've done it by faith, no matter how tough it is, no matter how difficult it is, just believe God and trust God. You know, everybody knew Elijah as a man of prayer. Everybody knew him as a great man of prayer. And we have so much celebrated Elijah as a man of prayer. Because the Bible has also told us about his exploit in prayers. And so we lost very our mind. few actually knew him as a man of faith. But to me, and the reality of the scripture that we can even go through in a moment, Elijah is more of a man of faith than a man of prayer. He's more of a man of faith. And people didn't seem to understand that than a man of prayer. The reason being that all that he prayed about came to pass in the manner that nobody could comprehend how that man could do that kind of dangerous prayer, those kind of dangerous prayers, and God answered him. But the reality is that all his known prayers that we have in the Bible we are faith-based prayer and not just prayer for praying sake or prayer of prayer might or power might. For any prayer that Elijah made or better put 
before Elijah prays, he was convinced without any art of doubt that God will heal him. And we see it very soon. When Elijah decided to shut heaven from rain for three and a half years, he only had to decree according to his word. He said, according to my word. According to what? He was talking to the king. I don't need to bother God about this situation here now. I am a child of God. I'm a servant of God. Ahab, I'm saying to you, in these years that are coming, there will neither be dew or rain because I say so. Because I do what? I say so. <laughs> As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain this years, but according to my word. First Kings 17 verse 1. That was faith declaration. That was not just prayer. That was a declaration of faith that he has in the God of Israel. As long as God of Israel is living, I am going to say a thing and what I will say will come to pass the way I said it. That was his prayer. That shut heavens from bringing rain in Israel for three and a half years. That was a prayer of faith. He did not really face God and say, God, I want you to do this for me, please. So that they, no, I am a child of God. I will say it to them. He believed that God is committed to everything he decreed. And so was it. That was a man of faith that trusted and believed in his God. Everything that he decreed came to pass the way he did it. Do you believe? Do you believe? You believe enough that when you say a thing, God is committed to it. Do you believe that when you pray, God is committed to it? What do you believe about you and your God? You say it, and it's just right on the earth. You need to think about it for yourself. And when Elijah decided to bring down rain, this is what happened. When he decided by himself that he was going to bring down rain, I'm going to take time to read this scripture so that we can have understanding that Elijah was a man of faith much more than a man of prayer. Because he was a prayer man based on his faith in God. First King 18, that was when he brought, he brought the rain back. 41 to 45, I will read. First King 18, 41 to 45. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Go thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of, of Camel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between his knees. Before he prayed, he told Ahab what was going to happen. You say it's a man of prayer, isn't it? Before he prayed, before he went to God and said, God, I want to tell you something because I've committed you here. 
I just said to him something. I said to him to go and eat and drink. For there is a sound of abundance of rain. I told him. And he has gone to go and eat and drink. God, now please. I want to talk to you to make it happen. That was not an ordinary prayer. That was a demonstration of the father. He believed in his God. That when he prayed to God, God answers. And when he says anything in the name of his God, God is committed to that. You can imagine what would have happened if he said that and they have gone to eat and drink because he was starving and he was really, you know, in a very terrible mood that there is no, there is no rain in his land. And people were starving because Elijah said so. And assuming he did it and God shut his ears, what would have happened? But Elijah knew that much that there is no how God would deny him. Anyway, let me continue. And said he to his servant. Of course, after he put his face before he kneels. And of course, that was the time of prayer. And he said to his servant, go up now. Look towards the sea. And he went and looked. And he said, there is nothing. And he said, go again. Seven times. Go again. Nothing. Don't worry. Go again. I'm here. Nothing. Go again. Nothing. Go again. And it came to pass at the seventh time. And he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get it down, that the rain stop thee not. What they saw was a cloud the size of the hand of a man. How does that translate to rain? Simple faith. You want to see all the signs and the wonders in this world for you to know that God has answered you? I don't look for that. I just don't care. What I do care is that the way God works is so mysterious that the one that can take David to be able to recover all that he lost could just be a sick Egyptian boy that was thrown out by his master. So if David was looking for some great people to give him compass and give him Google map to where they were, he would have waited forever and nothing would have happened. His eyes was looking for anything that might look like it with God. And so, with that simple thing in Saul, he said, go and tell Ahab that this rain has come. Oh. This rain has come. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heavens were, was black with cloud and wind. God made it to happen because of the prayer of faith. And there was a great rain and Ahab, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he gathered up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I don't know how much you believe God. I don't know how much you trust what you say to come to pass. But if you want to be a man of prayer, be like Elijah. The one that professed what will come to pass even before he prayed about it. 
and God got committed. Why should he say such a costly thing without first settling it with God? Because he simply believed that when he prayed, God listens. 42, he prayed. 43, he believed there would be an answer. By faith, he kept asking them to check and check and check. And they checked and kept checking. Because he was expecting an answer. He never took new for an answer. I saw nothing. It doesn't, make, it doesn't matter to Elijah. Go and see again. You must see well sometime. And eventually he said, well, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> the only thing I could, I could see is just the cloud like the hand of a man. I said, well, you don't need to see anything more. That is it. That is, that is it. And he locked down the answer to his prayer to something that is very infinitesimal. Are you like that? Most of us want to see the full rain before we believe God has answered us. The little cloud could just be anything but rain. But for Elijah, with his eyes of faith, he does not want to see any big evidence. He wants to see God in little things. And God brought the rain. Listen to me. God wants you to know this morning that your prayer has been answered. You have been waiting for too long for some great signs and that is also affecting your faith. Tune your life right now to the default of your faith. Trusting God 100% and you will see that your prayers has been answered. You need to believe it. You need to start acting on it. The Lord show you sometimes, some of you, that he has answered your prayer. Even in your dreams. Even in your dream lives, even by certain things. And you came into the real life and you didn't see it and you're still doubting God. It's because you don't have any belief that he is committed to what he shows you. God has showed you big things about yourself and you're still doubting that God will do it. Why are you doubting? Instead of celebrating it, what are you celebrating? God has showed me that my breakthrough has come. I can't see it. I have seen it in the realm of the spirit and I'm standing by it. And they will laugh at you because they didn't see it with you. But wait and see. The sound of abundance of rain that Ahab, I mean that Elijah had in the spirit will soon make manifest. And it made manifest. But he pronounced it before the manifestation. What about you? Are you ashamed to tell somebody that God has answered me? Are you ashamed to tell somebody that God has answered me? As you mean, he didn't manifest, you will say to yourself. I remember 18 years ago, or 19, about 19. I slept and the Lord showed me my son and he showed me how he looked like. And he, saw, he showed me he was wearing, you know, diapers and all that. And he said, this is your son that I promised you. And I look at his right side, that is his mark. And I said, oh God, I thank you. And as I was saying it, I woke up. And I woke my wife. I said, God has showed me Chukudonso. I mean, I'm so grateful to him. And it's awesome. And I went to church, the lighted church at Oregon. And I stood in the altar. And I said, God has showed me my son. If anybody's praying for, you know, child for us, stop praying. Because God has showed me that it's a boy. And God has shown me that it's going to come with a mark. And it's settled. I declared it when she was not pregnant. I declared it because I knew God had spoken. And I declared it to the shame of the devil. 
Because there's no heart devil would have been able to stop what I've declared according to the word of God. You keep it to yourself and so after some time you begin to doubt it and it fizzles away. But I said, no, the devil cannot steal this from me. And I stood before congregation of his people and I said, look, this is it. And I said it, people will be saying, huh? <laughs> Will it happen for so many years, 15 years or so? The wife has never miscarried. The wife has never been pregnant. So how is he saying it? Is he not bragging? You know, because, you see, the truth is that when you want to pray for your pastor, you also pray in the area of his need. Sincerely. And that is scriptural. But God said, tell them to stop praying. Cease. It's finished. God answered the prayer. Simple. That month, she missed her period. Nine months after, the rest was history. The child was born. The mark was there. And it was not a girl. It was a boy. And it's still a boy. And nothing has changed it. And nothing has changed it. And nothing will change it. Because the doing of the Lord is marvelous on the side of men and it always remains permanent before men. What has God showed you that you refuse to tell people and because you are not sure that God will do it and so you are not declaring it and you now begin to doubt because one day pass, two days pass, three days pass and you are not seeing the thing manifesting and you are not beginning to feel that God has disappointed you that what you saw was a wrong dream and the devil is saying yes it was a wrong dream stop believing that it will happen you know it is only they that do know their God there are those that are strong and those that does exploit. Jesus said, I know you answer me and you hear me all the time. And this Lazarus four days is not going to be a hindrance to you hearing me. Lazarus, you must comfort whether you like it or not. Four days in the grave, it doesn't make a difference. Huh. The Lord will show you some evidence today. In the name of Jesus, the Lord will show you some evidence today. In the name of Jesus. Let us pause here as you review your prayer pattern. Do you pray out of necessity? Necessity in the sense that, well, as a child of God, as a Christian, I need to pray. It is necessary for me to pray. At least to fulfill all righteousness. So that the world will know that I prayed. They say, pray. Have I not prayed? They say, fast. Have I not fasted? Is that the kind of prayer you do? Do you pray out of fear? Hey, this problem has come again. God, please, God, please, God, please. Can you do it for me? Please, I know you will do it, but I don't know how I do it for me. You are panicking and you are praying. Is that the way you pray? Did you see panic in Elijah? Do you pray with alternative in your heart? God, I trust you will do it. My heart is saying, if God does not do it, Francis will do it. I trust that, that that man that promised me will do it. God, please, you can do it on your own, but I have a backup. Is that the way you pray? Do you pray out of doubt? Or do you really pray in faith? And the truth is that faith that is not absolute in God is impotent. It doesn't have an ability to bring result. If it is not cast on concrete of absolute belief in God, 
it does not have any ability to bring results. Your faith must be fixed. And the Father God is able to do it. If your prayer is truly faith based, the way you carry on after the prayer will prove. You are just finished praying and you are walking on the street, you are still doubtful. You are still sighing. But you prayed about it. In prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. And the same God of peace will be able to grant you the desires of your heart. And you have prayed it and you have left your house. And the problem and the burden came again and you now begin to do like you never prayed about it. The question is that, have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? Have you really prayed about it? And if you have prayed, why are you, why are you behaving this way? You are behaving this way because you think that God will not answer the prayer or God has not answered the prayer. And so your countenance has betrayed you. And so that is no more prayer to God. The way you carry on after the prayer determines whether you actually pray to God in faith or you prayed out of necessity or you just prayed because there's need to pray. And once you begin to exhibit something that does not line up to faith, God is not committed to it anymore. You lose God there. You miss God there. The way you relate with God when you did not see the immediate sign is a proof of whether you actually prayed by faith. You prayed and it seemed as if God did not answer because it didn't come immediately that time you prayed. You know when the Bible talks about this servant going up to seven times to, to check. It is not one minute after. It might not be one hour after. It might not be one day after. It might go to a point and say, I just checked two days ago. Let me just wait for some time. But Elijah didn't leave that position. He said, not until I get the answer that I want, I am not living there. I trust my God will do it for me. So you, people can make you discouraged and the fact that you have prayed can make you discouraged when God seems not to be answering. But you don't control the answer. God does control the answer. All you need to do is simply believe. Simply believe. And so he will take over from there. Hmm. Listen to this. Those that have seen the future prepares for the future. And they are those who will eventually live in the future. If your eyes are seeing the future, you will live eventually in the future. Because the future that you see or you have seen that you prepared for will take you to that place that you have sinned. God said to that man, you have well sinned. You have well sinned. The future belongs to those that sees the future. And not those that didn't care what the future will be because their present have been badly messed up so they feel that their future is messed up irrespective of what the Lord has said in his promises and in his word. You can be living in a confused situation on the now but please let your future be bright <laughs> because God has spoken that watch the end of a righteous man his end shall be peace and if that is word of God he doesn't care what the immediate will be you are ending up a testimony before the world 
because God has spoken it. It doesn't matter what is happening right now. God is committed to your future, committed to his word. And you have to live today as if you are living in your future. You have to wear the coat of your future today with confidence, be bold, and show the world that you know where you are going to. If you believe that God has had you when you prayed, then prepare for your answer. Make room for the new you that you have prayed about. That was what Elijah did. Don't panic after the first and the second or the sixth gaze. Begin to act like you have it. Begin to thank God instead as if you had it. And God will do what you ask him to do for you. Elijah therefore was a, a great man of faith. He believed in the ability of his God and the fact that his God answered prayers and was to him according to his belief. A songwriter wrote to say, there is nothing that I want that he will provide. There is nothing that I need that he won't supply if I believe. Yes, I believe. And he meant it. There is nothing, 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 nothing. Wife, daughter, husband, son, money, house, fees, rent, car. What? There is nothing. There is no provision. You know, the language that God understands is the language of is the language of unbelief. There is nothing that I want, that I want, that God cannot provide. So the issue here is, do you believe? Do you believe? That is the power there. Do you sincerely believe? One day has passed, some days have passed, some months have passed, some years have passed. Are you still believing? Do you believe? I thank God for Abraham. How can we preach faith without Abraham? For 25 years he was believing something that was not there by any sign, by any symptom. And the situation was getting worse, but yet he was believing. The Bible said even against hope, he was hoping on hope. Against all hope, he was still hoping on hope. Are you still hoping? Are you still believing? <laughs> Your testimony is about to burst out. <laughs> It's about to bust loose in the name of Jesus. Like Jesus. He knew that God hears him always when he prays. And that made a whole lot of difference in raising the man that was dead and buried for four days in the tomb. With faith. And with your faith-based prayer, even you can raise any dead situation in your life. That is where God is going to concerning you. Some situation seems to be dead. Dead. You prayed about it over the years and nothing seems to be happening. And it's like, maybe I will change my course of prayer. I may change my focus. Because this one, God cannot do it. God has not done it. And so he can't do it. But God said, no. There is nothing that is impossible before me. With your prayers, your Lazarus will rise again. Let me prophesy to somebody. Every dead situation in your life is coming alive today. Amen. Everything you have prayed about 
that seem as if it has not been answered, the answer has come today. Faith has been pumped into you to believe and your believing is bringing the answer today. In the name of Jesus. Every impossible situation in your life is coming alive today. Every difficult situation in your life is shifting today. In the name of Jesus. You know, 1 John 5, 14 to 15 declares, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have desired of him. That is the confidence you must have today. That is the confidence that Jesus had, and that's the confidence that every believer must have, that when you ask anything, 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 according to his will, is it his will for you to prosper? Is it his will for you to have children? Is it his will for you to be married? Is it his will for you to be rich? Is it his will for you to be healed? Is it his will for you to live long? Is it his will for you to go out of debt? Is it his will for you to live a joyful life? If you pray concerning anything according to his will, there is a confidence that you must have that once you declare it, he is committed to it. And therefore, I decree this morning that everything that is according to the will of God that you have prayed, God is giving it to you now. God is giving it to you now. God is giving it to you now. In the name of Jesus. Jesus said, I knew, I know that you hear me always. Listen to me, somebody here. Has God ever answered your prayer in one form or the other? No. You might not be religious about it. Since you got born again, has there been anything you asked God that he did for you? If you have that kind of testimony, let me see your hands up like me. Aha. There is nothing more you need. <laughs> it's like I'm seeing every hand raised up. Well, well, let me not just conclude. If you have ever, you have been praying to God and he has never answered anything you prayed about, let me see your hands up. You don't need to be bothered. I mean, you are saying the truth. It's not an issue here. God can start answering you from today. But since you became a child of God, there's nothing God has ever answered you. Let me see your hands up. Okay. So I think I'm flowing with everybody now. So I can say what I need to say from the Holy Ghost. If he had ever answered one prayer, it doesn't matter whether you have prayed 100 and just answered one. If he has ever showed forth and manifested in one prayer, that is just enough for you to know that even the other prayers that you made that have not received answer, he has answered. God does not change from a man that answered prayer on Monday and become a man that does not answer prayer on Tuesday, a man that answered prayer in 2017 and not a man that answered prayer in 2019. The Bible said God is constant. is constant every time and God can never shift his principles. If you pray to him sometime and he answered you, be ready that what you have prayed now, he will answer. 
Am I communicating with somebody? You know, Jesus had to quote his experience with his father. I know you hear me always. He had to quote his experience before the people. I know you hear me always. I know you always answer me when I call upon you. If he has ever answered one, you should be able to say that. I know you hear me when I pray. And you can also use it as a point of contact for your next miracle. Look, listen to me. For what God has showed me thus far in my little journey in life and as a born again Christian. And I must say it, let all heavens know this. I will never have any reason to doubt that God answers my prayer. No matter how long it takes for a particular prayer to be answered. And no matter how long it takes for my captivity to be turned around. If God did what I know he did in my life, he is committed to doing the rest that I want him to do. And so that was the confidence that Jesus had when he came to the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus' case cannot be different. Four days in the tomb, yes, I have never done that before, but then this is a big challenge for me, but it's not a big challenge for my father that hears me always. And so if you have that confidence, then go ahead and, and eat and drink for the sound of abundance of rain has been heard and it's about to rain in your situation now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The same God that gave you a job can give you a husband. The same God that paid you a rent can give you a house. The same God that saved you from death can keep you alive today. The same God that gave you that little thing that you are enjoying, that little tuke tuke car, can give you a brand new car today. In the name of Jesus, he can turn you a lot around today. In fact, he is turning your life around this week. He is turning your life around this month. He is turning your life around this year. And the gate of hell cannot prevail against it. Receive grace for your answer prayer today. Receive grace for your testimony today. Receive grace for your turnaround today. In the name of Jesus, I decree that every obstacle to your prayers is destroyed today. Every hindrance to your answer prayer is demolished today. Every power against your testimony is frustrated today. Every pronouncement against your turnaround is reversed today. Every agent working tirelessly against your breakthrough is bound today. The Lord will let you to shine. The Lord will shame the Prince of Persia against your prayers. In the name of Jesus, they have reinforced to see your prayer is not answered. The Lord is going to shame them. The Lord is going to shame them. Your Prince of Persia is destroyed today. Your testimony month is the month of June. Your restoration month is the month of June. Your settling month is the month of June. Receive your testimonies in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet and begin to appreciate the Lord this morning. Begin to appreciate the Lord this morning. Begin to appreciate him this morning. What is too difficult for him? Have you prayed about it? Just pray. If you have not prayed, pray. This time is the time for you to pray something. Be loaded by the power of faith. Pray something. Ask God for something. And just believe he has done it and that settles it. But nothing the enemy can do to reverse or change the word of God. Or this and all the word of God because it's all powerful. It's all powerful. Begin to appreciate him for he has done it. I prophesy to you that your prayers is answered because he's being answered. So believe it. Trust God for it and see the manifestation. 
It doesn't matter whether it's a Lazarus experience, something that looks as if he's dead. God has answered today. God has answered you today. Your Lord is changing. The whole world will know it. The whole world will see it. And the Lord will be glorified. This is the year of his glory. Get ready for his glory through the challenges you have gone through. For God has taken away your captivity. And God has sealed you, delivered you, promoted you. You have not seen it, but you're about to see it now. You may not have seen it, but you're about to see it now. God has granted the desires of your heart. You cried unto the Lord, and he answered you. Thank you, Jesus. Receive multiple grace this morning. Receive multiple grace this morning to manifest your answer prayers, to be what God wants you to be, to be what you have prayed for, to show the world that God answers prayer so that the world will come to the knowledge of the truth, even through your testimony of answer prayers. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on the Lighter Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow the Lighter Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.